Welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. Do you find it hard to tell fact from fiction when getting started in voiceover? On today's show, Gary Terza joins me from his studio in Hertfordshire to discuss five commonly believed voiceover myths. You may know Gary as a creator of VO Masterclass, a company providing comprehensive voiceover training for beginners since 2005 in the United Kingdom. Alumni of VO Masterclass can be heard on TV, radio, reading audiobooks, narrating documentaries, and of course, voicing in video games. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you very much, Stephanie. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Not bad at all. Wonderful. So I know today we're going to be dispelling those five voiceover myths, and thank you so much for posting on social about them. That's how this all came to be. I'm sure people have noticed a theme in our shows. If you post something worthy on LinkedIn to be noted for the show, you're, you know, you're going to get noticed. It's interesting, interesting routine, isn't it, really, using LinkedIn? It is, absolutely, and I'm so glad that you're doing it absolutely so well. Uh, I think there's postings every day from you on there, Gary. But today, we're going to be focusing on those myths because they're quite interesting. Um, there are five of them. So so tell me, um, where did they come from and how common are these myths? Well, I think they, uh, they've been around for a long, long time. I don't think the myths have changed over the years, to be honest. These are complete beginners and they will say things like, oh, you know, you need a silly voice or I've got a silly voice or I can do some funny accents or... You know, I can't do it because I'm not an actor or, you know, good voice is essential, whatever it happens to be, or you need to be a certain age or it's all about talking and nothing else. And and that sort of uh, those common misconceptions, I suppose they are really, uh, have been around for a long, long time. And I think they just perpetuate. And, and even though lots of people like ourselves try and try and dispel them. They are very persistent and they hang around and I'm sure they'll be around in 10 years time as well. Yeah, they, they just don't seem to go away. And it's good that we've got a um, decent, I would say, group of people in our industry who, who do work to dispel those myths. So, Gary, if you would, let's go over the first myth and then um, we'll move on to the second, third, fourth and fifth in sequence. Sure. Well, um, one that, uh, that I mentioned uh, earlier was uh, this notion that doing silly voices, so accents or just making your friends laugh down the pub or it, over coffee or whatever, um, is in a way good enough. It's a good qualification for getting into voiceovers. And I always say, well, look, that's great. You know, maybe your silly voices might be used on an audio book, perhaps playing characters in a video game or animation. And you shouldn't ignore them. But the vast majority of voiceover work requires you to use your own voice. And that's what, what you're using. That's what you're selling. And silly voices are not the same as, as acting. I think most of us can put on a silly voice. Most people in the world could probably do another couple of voices. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a voice actor. And also, people tend to hide behind silly voices. They hide their own genuine voice behind you know, a, a rather stupid one, um, just because <laughs> they feel comfortable like that. So the vast majority of your work is going to be using your own voice. So silly voices, yeah, they, they, they may be required, but you know, 90% of the time, 95% of the time, it's going to be you and your voice. 
Yes. Yes. And yes. I think that we've heard that over and over again in various conversations is that your natural, authentic voice, who you are, is going to make you not only stand out from other talent, but it's it's just who you, it sounds better. You know, it's authentic, yeah. genuine. It, it really does shine through. And um, I'm just trying to think of people who are putting on voices and maybe personas, people who come from a, a broadcast background often have trouble shaking those sorts of routine voices that they had incorporated into their, I guess, their their voiceover wheelhouse <laughs> when they were on the air. Um, yeah, I mean, you do get people who grow into a silly voice that, that maybe, the, you know, the voice they have is so stylized or the performance they gave once and, and has has resulted in repeat work you know you can you can end up like that and sometimes we we have uh, just on our course we have people who maybe have come from a different genre sort of related genre maybe they've uh, or related industry maybe they've come from uh, radio and radio djs or whatever or been uh, you know sports commentators um and not that they're putting on a silly voice particularly, but it's not necessarily their, their normal voice. And they accentuate that and then apply it to all sorts of voiceovers where perhaps it doesn't require that 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 type of voice. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's, it's authenticity, isn't it? That's what it's all about. Right. And so much of the work is not silly, right? So much of yeah. it is serious. So you're, you're <laughs> teaching someone something. So I'm really glad that we dispelled the whole silliness myth. You don't need to be the class clown to be a voice actor. So perfect. Let's move on to our next one. Well, our second one is um, you don't need to be an actor. Now, th this is probably a more controversial myth because some people say, well, voiceovers are all about acting. It's voice acting, as it's often called. But you that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be one. And you will find that uh, a lot of voiceovers, because they are from areas like business to business, a lot of corporate stuff, a lot of e-learning, a lot of straight narration, just as we were talking about, needs your own voice. And that doesn't mean you necessarily need to give an acting performance. You don't need to be an actor to do that. There is a performance element in voiceovers, but, but it's not necessarily an acted one. Now, really interestingly, when we have trained actors, some are brilliant at doing voiceovers. Some can easily slip from playing a character role, being on stage or on TV or, or, or even in the movies, uh, and they can slip very easily into being a voiceover artist. But a lot can't, and a lot of actors find it sometimes difficult to be themselves. And I've come across this in, in the studio with, with people, with our students, where I've had an actor and said, well, you know, here's the script, let's give it a go. And they've said, all right, well, what role do you want me to play? What character do you want me to play? And I've said, just yourself. And they said, <laughs> but I don't want to be myself. That's why I became an actor, you know, to hide, to hide behind different mm. roles. So... Um, it doesn't necessarily mean if you are an actor, you can do voiceovers and vice versa. So, And you certainly don't need to be one to, to get into voiceovers. There, there is a performance element. Of course there is. And if you're going in to do things like uh, radio drama or you're going into the more video game animation side, then your acting skills will certainly be very, very useful indeed. But for, for mainstream voiceovers where you're being yourself, then certainly, no, you don't need that acting skill. Uh, you just need to be able to get under the skin of the words and, and bring those words to life. But as but as you and, and the less acting uh, 
the better. It's almost like that, you know, less is more, I think, uh, uh, certainly when it comes to acting. So, again, it's one of those myths. Um, and if, if you're listening to this and think, well, I'm not an actor, can I still do voiceovers? The answer is you certainly can give it a go. And yes, you should. Yes, absolutely. Acting background does help, but it is not the defining characteristic of a successful no, voice absolutely. talent. When I worked at Channel 4, they would frequently have a, a, a sort of milk round where they would uh, recruit new new announcers, new new voices who would do live announcing and they, they would do the, the trailers as well. And um, they would actually say, any actors that apply, we're going to ignore them. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, which is probably a bit cruel because uh, there were probably some very good potential candidates out there. Um, but they just said, we don't want that acting that acting background. Now, interestingly, probably 20, 30 years before that, a generation before that, there would have been an emphasis, I think, much more on acting and they would have recruited actors. And that's probably the same in the voiceover industry generally that, you know, go back a generation or two. And yes, acting probably was a prerequisite or would certainly be a big advantage. Um, and like I say, things have moved on. We've got a more naturalistic tone and style now. And uh, so, yeah, you don't need to be an actor. No, you don't have to be an actor necessarily. And even those actors that are actually very talented, like we take a look at, say, Richard Burton, for instance, like even he fumbled in some of his voiceover recordings. And yes, there's one on the, YouTube. Yeah, that, that's right. There's that famous, uh, famous YouTube clip, isn't there, of him uh, getting his, his words wrong. And the same if you listen to Stephen Fry. Uh, doing uh, doing Harry Potter, you know, the, the, he couldn't say Harry put it in his pocket. Oh, no, he couldn't say Harry pocketed it. That's it. He couldn't say uh. Harry pocketed it. Um, this was when he was doing the first book. And he said, can I say, he said this to J.K. Rowling, can I say uh, Harry put it in his pocket? And she said, no, I want you to say Harry pocketed it, but he still couldn't <laughs> do it. So oh, I had goodness. to, the, the poor sound engineer had to stick the words together. And then in every subsequent book, she then added Harry pocketed it into the, into the book. And if you ever look, there's always that line just for Stephen Fry to, to stumble on. So, Oh, yes. Uh, well, I, I don't know if Jim Dale struggled on that line, but I know he's a narrator of those books as well. Um, but yes, you don't have to be silly. You don't have to be a trained actor who's come from, you know, a certain background or do voiceover. So what's our third myth there, Gary? Well, the third one is having a good voice. You need a good voice. Now, lots of people get into voiceovers because someone has said to them, you've got a nice voice. You could do voiceovers. And I think what I would say is, look, your voice is or how people interpret it is very subjective. It is not an absolute. It's not kind of definitive in any way. The idea of what a good voice is, is totally down to individual taste, isn't it, really, if you think mm. about it. And so some people think they have got a good voice so they can get into voiceovers, but perhaps they, they shouldn't be doing that, shouldn't be, be pursuing that line, and vice versa. Some people have, you know, think they haven't got a good voice, but actually their voice is, is very relevant and will work with certain subjects. So Different voices are required for different jobs. You know, you're never going to get the same two twice. So what I say is don't just think that having this golden 
this golden fleece of a of a voice, you know, that that you think, right, that is the definitive kind of voice. I haven't got it, so I can't do voiceovers. That doesn't work, you know. I mean, it used to be in the olden days you had to have, if if you were uh, a male voice, you had to have a deep, rich voice. If you're a female voice, you had to have a husky voice. And they're, they're great traits, you know, wonderful traits, but they're not necessarily what you need for voiceovers. All sorts of voices do voiceovers, you know, right across the range from young, middle-aged, old, accent, no accent, scratchy voices to deep, rich ones to everything in between, really. Voiceovers are terribly subjective. You're picked at the end of the day because someone does like your voice, but that's a very personal choice. So there is no such thing as a good voice. Right. So you don't have to be, a, you know, Morgan Freeman or Dame Judi no. Dench to have a great voice. And because, it, it, as you said, it's totally subjective. So I think we all understand that one because it's, it's we all know we're very different, have different voice prints. And, and you hear these voices in the market all over the place. So um, I agree. So we've got don't be silly or you don't have to be silly. Um, you don't have to be a trained actor. You can use your own voice that you have. You don't have to have a certain sound. So what is our fourth myth, Gary? So number four, the fourth myth is age. You you must be a certain age to do voiceovers. That's one of the, the kind of misconceptions that people have. And that that is completely untrue. I mean, I get people contacting me all the time saying, you know, am I, am I too old? Am I too young? And the answer is, well, you know, the, there are voices for everything and, and every age demographic. It doesn't really matter. You play to your age. And as, of course, you get older, you will play slightly different roles, probably, and do different voiceovers. Um, so age isn't isn't a determining factor. I mean, age is important to the client because they will be looking for someone with a mature voice, for example, or, or someone who's who's very got a young, youthful sound. Um, but those things are largely out of our hands, of course, because they are often what we what the stage we're at in life. Um, but also over time, like I say, voices will change. They will mature usually. And so your voice age is important, but not in the way you think it is. So you can be in your 60s or 70s, still go for it. And likewise, you could be a child actor. You know, you could child voiceover artist. So you could be a you know a twelve year old or whatever, uh, and still get into into voiceovers. So um, you don't have to be a specific age. Just embrace your age, and say, right, this is the demographic I'm going to go for. Probably the Love demographic it. that will pick me. Yes. Yeah, and some people can do multiple voice ages. So you've opened up other work for yourself potentially. Uh, some people don't sound the age that they actually are. And, and again, you'll have work in those areas. So if you meet any of those descriptions, dear listener, don't worry, there's work for you. So that's our fourth myth. Now into the last one, myth number five. What is that one, Gary? So the, the fifth one I've identified is that it's all about talking. So people will say, all I have to do is talk. Um, and, and I run some Facebook ads here in the UK and someone had put on the on the comments at the bottom, they'd put something like, um, uh, well, all I have to do is talk. Why do I need to learn how to do it? You know, but of course, it's not talking. It's actually reading. It's reading out loud. Um, if it was talking, everyone would do it because we all talk all the time. 
but it's actually being able to take somebody else's words and make them yours. So you are talking at the end of the day, of course you are, but really you are reading a script and bringing that to life as you. So it's more than just talking. That is kind of the starting point, but it's so much more than just talking, isn't it? It's about being able to own somebody else's words and make them yours and make it sound like you're not reading, but you are talking. So just don't don't have that preconception that it's it's all about talking. It's not. It's about reading those words and getting them off the page and bringing them to life and telling that story. I wonder if that's the hardest part is to sound like you're not reading. Like, is that what you find when you're teaching people, Gary, is that even though you tell them read what's there, like how hard is it for someone to to get themselves out of that place where where they're literally like, it sounds like they're reading what's on the page. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's all done in the mind, isn't it? It's it's, It's really, although we think it's all about vocalization and the larynx and using your diaphragm and so on, well, those things are important. But at the end of the day, it is about being able to get those those words off the page and make it sound like you are not just reading a script, but I'm actually talking to that one person. And that I think is 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 the key to it. So yeah, it is it is difficult and it's it's the hardest part. Yeah, one of the hardest parts anyway that uh, people face when they uh, when they when they're starting out in voiceovers and they they see this script just some dry old words on the page and they think right blimey how am i going to get that? <laughs> how am i going to bring those words to life you know um so it yeah it's tough but doable and you know you can learn how to do it yeah you know does some of that uh i guess kind of hesitance to read you know in a way that sounds natural is that because someone hasn't quite mastered the use of their voice? They're not quite appreciating where their voice can take them if they only let it? Yeah, I think it's practice, isn't it? It's a bit like playing a musical instrument, really, albeit an instrument you've had all your life. But it's about being able to use your voice and and use everything you have in your personality and in, individual uh, individuality to, to bring that to the words. Um, so... It is about kind of being able to take somebody else's words, however, unlike how you speak, um, take them and make them make them yours. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 it, it's practice. At the end of the day, the more you do it, the more you read out loud, the better it will be, and, and that's definitely what you should be doing. Even before you put a microphone in front of you, in front of your mouth then you should be reading out loud and and just and reading out loud is the key not doing it in your head because your brain fills in all the gaps and makes it sound fantastic but if you can read out loud and talk to that one person then you're halfway there at being a voiceover artist that's amazing like it really is about just you know reading aloud and hearing those words being lifted off the page so many people, and I know writers are guilty of this, they won't read aloud what they actually wrote. And so when it comes time for a voice talent to read it or a narrator, they're like, oh, well, this didn't seem like it was written for for the spoken word, right? They always overwrite these things. So you've got, have to go, got to go at, at 10 to the dozen. You've got to go faster than they think. Uh, and they, they just go like that in their heads rather than actually trying to read it out loud and tell it as a story and how other people would would 
listen to it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's a real treat for a, a writer to actually hear an actor read out their manuscript before they've actually submitted it <laughs> for review, because then you you get a real sense of um, what what is actually in there for yeah. for the voice and words. But that's amazing stuff. Um, so we have gone through five voiceover myths. I hope everyone has taken some notes and written them down. Um, we know that these are kind of all over the place in the industry. I don't know if it's because um, you know just people honestly don't know the right answer to this question and, and they're looking to all kinds of sources for those. But but where can we go, Gary, to um, understand what, you know, is a good answer in voice? Like, how do I know if I'm too old or too young? Or like, is there a filter that people can be using to sift through the information? I think you should uh, use, go, go to blogs, um, talk to other voice actors if you can, if you can just contact them on social media um, and just pick their brains, really, and and pose those questions that you have, you know. Um, and certainly, you know, you guys run uh, Voices Run, uh, you know, a guide to a beginner's guide to voiceovers, and there are a few of those around. Check your sources. I mean, make sure that it's it's a reputable person doing it or a reputable organisation that's doing it. Um, but there's so much good information out there, lots of YouTube videos, videos by people like Bill DeWeese, uh, you know, a, a, a great kind of uh, resource, I think, a repository of, of a fountain of knowledge, you know, and, and there are others as well. So you know, go to those, those, those people, read their stuff, read their blogs, watch their videos and ask questions at the end of the day. Wonderful tips. Thank you so much, Gary, for joining us on the show today to debunk these voiceover myths, but also to give some direction and insight into, you know, what we can be doing or how to interpret this information. So it's so important that we do have the right information. Um, you know, before we go, I just want to thank you so much for coming on VoxHawk today, Gary. Uh, and everyone should know how to find you. So what is the best way that they can learn more about what you do and where can they go to find you? Oh, yeah. Well, they, um, they can pop on to my website, which is vomasterclass.com. So just vo and then masterclass.com. Or they can hop along to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash Gary Terza, one R, two Zs. So if you can spell that, you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Um, more people come along, have a have a read. Then great, you know, post comments on my YouTube videos. If, you, if you've got a question, please do that. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for coming on the show, Gary. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you so much for joining us here on Vox Talk. This is such an amazing episode. If you liked what you heard, Gary's done episodes of voiceover experts. You can go check that out. And there are other voiceover resources on voices that Gary's contributed to. But, you know, just so much good stuff we learned today. Um, and that's the show. So for Voices, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, host of Vox Talk. Our producer is Jeff Bremner. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll see you next week. Thank mm -hmm. you.